Christ's command to his followers before his ascension to heaven was for them to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. Our Lord did not intend for the good news of his death and resurrection to stay local, but instead it was to be taken globally. In this third section of Acts, the adventure continues as the gospel is taken to the ends of the earth. Let's join Scott Pauley now for today's study. The Apostle Paul did not travel as a tourist. He was not simply there to to see all of the sights. In Acts chapter 17, he finds himself waiting for a period of time on some of his helpers to arrive. And so he's just observing the city. And yet, here this Christian man in a pagan city was not impressed. Athens was quite an impressive place, a place of art and architecture, of ideas, a huge population, lots of history. Uh, This was about 400 years after Socrates, and so uh, lots of discussion and debate going on, lots of opportunities, but Paul was not impressed. No, instead he made an impression. How did he do that? By simply preaching the gospel. They tell me that Athens was a city full of monuments, but this city full of monuments was a spiritual graveyard that only Christ could bring to life. And so when Paul showed up there, he didn't show up as a tourist. He showed up as a witness. And recently, as I was meditating on this passage again, I noticed a very fascinating phrase. It's the first phrase in Acts 17, verse 16. It simply says this, Now, while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him. It was while he was waiting. You ever think about the interludes of life, the the parenthesis periods of life, while we're waiting? You know, honestly, I don't like waiting. You probably don't either. We're impatient people, aren't we? Uh, The reality is that all of us are are waiting on something, it seems. Maybe you're waiting on things to get better. Maybe you're waiting on your circumstance to change. Maybe you're waiting on someone else to come and help you. We're all waiting on the Lord to come, aren't we? Do you believe that while you're waiting, God is working and that he has a work for you to do even in the waiting periods? See, waiting times are never wasted times in the will of God. Paul was not really waiting for Silas and Timothy. That's what... That's what he thought. He was waiting there because God had a divine appointment for him. And maybe he was lonely. Maybe he was ready to get on to the next place, as so many of us are. Maybe he was excited about uh, getting to the next assignment. But it was while he was waiting that God used him to deliver one of the most powerful gospel witnesses in the whole book of Acts. Friend, I want to tell you today, while you are waiting, God wants to use you. You say, well, while I'm waiting, I don't know what I can do. All right, let me give you four things today you can do. They all come from Paul's example. They all start with the same letter. They'll be easy to remember. Here's the first thing. The Bible says in verse 16, when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. While you're waiting, first of all, you can see people like God sees them. Through the eyes of faith, through the lens of Scripture, you can see people as sinners for whom Jesus died. Eternal souls. Let me just ask you, how do you see your city? Do you see it economically? Do you see it socially, morally? Do you see it politically? Or do you see it through God's eyes? Can you see it spiritually? Can you see it like Jesus saw the city of Jerusalem when he stood and wept over it? Are there tears in those eyes when you see your city? Do you have a real spiritual vision 
have you let the, the mirror of God's word become the microscope through which you see others? Sometimes we look at sinners, we get so aggravated with them, so annoyed with them, but if we began to see them like God sees them, we would think of them like God thinks of them. So while you're waiting, pray that God will help you be an alert person, spiritually discerning, and begin to see your city as God does. There's a second word in that verse. The Bible says his spirit was stirred in him. While you're waiting, you can not only see people as God sees them, while you're waiting, you can be stirred in your spirit. You see the connection here between the eyes and the heart? Jeremiah the weeping prophet understood that. He said in Lamentations 3, Mine eye affecteth mine heart. What we see ought to affect how we feel. And this stirring should be more than mere emotionalism. It must be the kind of stirring that moves to action. Not, not temporal stirring, but uh, the kind of eternal stirring that keeps us stirred up for souls. You know, you can tell a lot about a man by what makes him glad, sad, and mad. Frankly, we have a lot of believers today who are mad. They're aggravated. They're, they're worked up. They're exercised. We call it all righteous indignation, don't we? But may I ask, when was the last time you were also stirred with a burden and broken over souls? When was the last time, like Paul, you were stirred enough to actually do something about it, not just fuss about it? While you're waiting, you can see, you can be stirred, and then, number three, you can stand. In verse number 22, the Bible says that after he saw this and was stirred, Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill. In the midst of everything going on, he just stands up. We need a generation of believers who will take their stand. Find your place. Do your part. Take your stand for the Lord Jesus. It's not a time for Christians to cower in fear or retreat in defeat. This is the time for us to be unashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you remember Ephesians 6? Having done all to stand. It's interesting to me where he stood. In verse 17, he stood in religious places. He was in the synagogue. Uh, in verse 17, he was in the market daily. So he's not only in religious places, he's in the everyday places where he did business. And then in verse 19, he's brought before the, the council, like the, the city seat, uh, the place of, of discussion and debate. And so now he's in public places. I'm going to tell you, in religious places, in everyday business places, in public places, we need people to take their stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. I remember one day stopping by a garage to have some work done on one of our vehicles, and the Christian man that owned that particular garage was an out-and-out -out witness for Christ. He had been doing missionary work with all of his employees, and while I was there that day, we witnessed people come to faith in Christ people getting right with the Lord. I was so blessed just to watch what God did, and it wasn't because the preacher stopped by. It was because that man had been standing for the Lord right there while he was waiting. Then there's one more thing you must do. And not only must you see and be stirred and stand, but you must speak, because the Bible says in verse 22, that when Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill, he said, we must open our mouths. That's the thing about the witness. The witness must always speak. It's not enough to be there. Uh, we must speak. Now, what shall we say? Well, let's just talk about what Paul talked about. What did he talk about? He talked about Jesus and the resurrection. He talked about God and his goodness. He talked about eternity and its consequences. We'll come back to this, this sermon. It's only the second purely Gentile sermon in the book of Acts. Uh, the first was back in Philippi, the previous chapter. Uh, but I'll tell you what it is. It's a gospel message. 
It's gospel talk. It's good news in a bad world. And I want you to know right now in our Athens, while we are waiting, there are people who are waiting to hear the truth. Friend, the truth works everywhere, and God wants to use you right where you are while you are waiting. Don't just do something to pass the time. Don't just do something to bide time and check days off the calendar and live your life and get to the end. No, my friend, invest these moments in eternity. See people as God sees them. Be stirred in your spirit by what God wants for them. Be willing to stand up unashamedly and be identified with Jesus Christ and then just speak the truth in love. It doesn't mean everybody's going to get saved. It doesn't mean everybody will believe. In fact, when you get to the end of the chapter, it says in verse 32, when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. Others said, we will hear thee again of this matter. So Paul departed from among them. Howbeit certain men clave unto him and believed, among the which was Dinosius the Arapagite and a woman named Damaris and others with them. Some are going to mock. Some are going to delay. But praise God, some are going to believe. The Lord may just give you a Dinosius or Damaris today if by God's grace you'll let the Lord use you while you're waiting. Though no more scripture is being written, the story of the furtherance of the gospel is being written at this very moment, and we get to be part of that story. The heart of our Savior is as passionate for the lost today as it was just before he ascended in Acts 1. Will you get in on what God is doing in the world today to reach the lost with the gospel? This is why Enjoying the Journey exists, to encourage and to equip you in the work of the gospel. Whether it is through the daily broadcast or the many resources on our website, Scott and all of us on the Enjoying the Journey team are passionate about people coming to know Christ as Savior. We pray that you truly will enjoy the journey But we also pray that you will bring others with you on your journey of following Christ.